Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> <laughs> <a> mic drop. Bag <laughs> drop. Bag drop. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, this is a highly uh, requested episode and something that um, has been asked for for a long time and one of the biggest topics in financial literacy, uh, no matter what area you work in. Yeah, but before we get started, we got to let him in on the breaking news alert. All right, so Earners, the time has come. EYLU Grad School is here, and you know how we bringing it. Over 100 past webinars, weekly webinars from industry experts, monthly financial planning calls with Rashad, our movie and book club, access to our private investment group on Facebook, and we've just added the Home Buyers Blueprint Volume 1 Reloaded from our brother MG The Mortgage Guy, which has over 12 hours of content to guide you through the process of buying a home with a number of home buying programs to get you through the process, y'all. And in addition to that, you now have access to our weekly mentorship calls for all things real estate hosted again by our brother MG. It's an amazing package. We put it all together. We can't wait for you to see it and be a part of it. And right now, it's 50% off. So all you got to do is head over to EYLUniversity.com, and you're going to get 50% off. Um, student loans. Um, student loans is a huge, huge, huge thing. I believe it's, correct me if I'm wrong, $1.9 trillion of student loan debt mm -hmm. total in, yes. in America. Um, so millions of people are crippled by student loans. Millions of parents have to make decisions, um, whether they, you know, send their kids to a uh, high cost college and have to, you know, put that type of burden on them. M millions of young Americans, um, young people have to decide early on. They have to make, you know, crucial decisions that might affect their life for the rest of 
the rest of their life mm -hmm. as far as, you know, going to what college they're going to go to, how much student loan they're going to take out. And then when they graduate, it's a whole bunch of stuff as far as, you know, paying it back and how they pay it back and how it affects their credit score and how does it affect trying to buy a home. So we haven't talked about student loans too much. We, we a few episodes, we kind of just like told stories about student loans. Yeah. I think yeah. early on, I, I, I gave my student loan story. Yeah. Early episodes. Yeah. Sure. But we haven't actually like broke it down student loans in like detail. So. We brought in the best in the business to do that. The so, best. Sonia Lewis, um, also known as the student loan doctor. So she's a CEO and the first African-American woman owned student loan uh, repairment, repayment company in the United States of America. She's been featured on Forbes, uh, Money Magazine, Essence, Black Enterprise, and now EYL. EYL. <laughs> <laughs> Link in the bio. <laughs> so, um, as seen on. And it's crazy because... Uh, she actually also taught a class for EY University. That was incredible. I listened to that um, while I was preparing for this. And um, we actually met years ago. So mm -hmm. you never know how life is going to, you know, come back 360. Um, you know, me as a financial advisor, I used to do uh, speaking engagements every once in a while, you know, and kind of talk about investing and insurance and stuff like that. And uh, a group had actually um, asked me to come in mm -hmm. to speak in New York in the city. And um, one of the other speakers was none other than Sonia yeah. and that's the first time and she literally she rocked it she rocked it and she she broke down student loans she broke down repayment options she broke down everything and that's the first time that we had connected and that was years ago probably you remember that oh I remember that <laughs> <laughs> it was my first big uh I don't even know if it was big but gig outside of Philly I took it so serious. I had got some t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> came with the red Yeah, you had your, you had your, um, you had some some workers with you too, right? They was unpaid volunteers. Too, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember. Nobody knew we thanked them. No, we thanked them. I remember. No, that was great <laughs> excellence. Yeah. So 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 now you know she's blown up on social media, and she's become the authority on student loans. And um, you know we have. Uh, a little known podcast that little people listen to every now and then. Yeah. <sighs> it's good to, you know, it's good to, it's so good. <laughs> now nah, I appreciate that. So it's good to, to link back up. Um, so first and foremost, thank you uh, for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. I really, really am. I really am. Um, so one, thank you both for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been listening to the podcast and when I first, uh, listened to it, I'm, I'm listening to his voice particularly. I'm like, I know that voice, <laughs> but nothing, nothing ever triggered to go look up the voice. You know how you just move so quickly. So then, um, I think it was Instagram and I seen his face. I'm like, I know that face. <laughs> and so I asked my girlfriend, I'm like, have you ever listened to EYL? Um, Denise, and she's such a fan. She's actually really mad that she's not here with me today. Okay. Shout out to Denise. I, Shout out to I got sick. I'm like, <laughs> no. Um, so, but yeah, so I was like, oh no. I said, do you remember the engagement I had way, way before? Um, and she said, oh yeah. I said, well, he's, that's him. She's like, oh wow. So, um, I just think that it's really important that when you meet people, um, one, to be nice to them and be kind to them. I was really, really blown away and impressed, um, with Rashad from the very, very beginning when he spoke. And I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm at the level up. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I also felt like I had drove from Philly. I knew, I know for a fact I was tired because it was nighttime, remember? Yeah, it was nighttime. It yep. was nighttime. So I was on like, I don't know if you know if I had like a lot of energy that night, but I was on like three Red Bulls. I'm like, so what you going to do is, please forgive me. <laughs> and I totally like, when I got home, I was like, you know, 
totally out of it, but I'm excited to be here nonetheless. No, no, for sure, <laughs> it's powerful. For sure. So let's jump into it. So how did this start? How did you become the student loan yeah. doctor? How did that happen? Yeah, I was broke. Um, <laughs> it's usually how these journeys yeah, begin. Yeah, I'm sorry. So anybody starts up in that, they're lying. No. Um, so what, what happened was I was in a financial literacy course at church, and it was really after the either of my grandmother passing. And you ever realize, like, if that person, whoever is your person in your life goes, you don't have no person anymore. And who could you call to ask for help, support? So that was my grandmother. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this, like, I could really be one check away. You know, I was living real dangerous, overdrafted on overdraft. It was, it was not good. Um, <laughs> no, that's but, <laughs> and the thing is, I wasn't, it wasn't like I wasn't making money. I think at that time I was early 20s, making like 60 a year. And that's good with no responsibilities living in Philly. You know, that's fine. But I was just really, really beyond check to check at that point because I was trying to keep up with people. And so I put myself through this class and the one topic the the uh, teacher kept going around was student loan debt. Now that is my professional background. So I've worked in the university, uh, I guess at this point, where are we at, 2010? So like going over 12 years at this point, I have connections with the university. And so I knew what to do. Like I knew how to help people. I knew how to advise people. It's just that I felt like everybody else knew that too. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I felt like student loans, like, oh, all you got to do is, but when you come to find out is a lot of people don't know about their student loans, don't want to know about their student loans, or they're really upset that they have student loans. And so I just started giving out some free knowledge at church. Mm-hmm. But what had happened was uh, after the church class, people start coming into the church because the church is right there by Temple University. Okay. They start coming in. North, North Philly. Yeah, yeah, North Philly. They start coming in. Um, so, can we speak to the young lady about loans? I'm like, no, wait a minute. Um, that's me, but I, I got to go home now. <laughs> you know? So, I was helping people after church. I'm, I'm going to say for a few hours, right? And then I'm like, Jesus ain't say to do this for free. Now, I didn't hear that word. I still haven't heard that word. Um, so, I was like, well, you know what? Because I can't charge in the Lord's house. Mm-hmm. So, I said, well, let's meet at the Cozy in the corner baker. I had two locations in Philly because, you know. People don't like to travel. To Shout Lincoln. out to Cozy. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good meeting spot. But what's, you know, what's, the, what's the Cozy? Co- cozy is like a, it's like an eatery. Like it has like benches. It's like a, a upscale, I guess, Starbucks. Yeah. With just no but coffee. Like some food. But just right. food. Yeah, okay. yeah. Snacks. Yeah, I had, I had my marriage, I had marriage counseling in Cozy. In Cozy, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so everybody uses it because the yeah, Wi-Fi yeah. is free. Good place. Yep, and Wi-Fi is free. It bother you. Now, at Corner Bakery, I did have to flirt with the manager. <laughs> I did. I never cashed it on that date because I needed the corner booth with the plug. Okay. It's just a lot of strategic planning going on. Got to do what you got to do. You got to get there by 6. And I left. I think they closed at 10. And then on the weekends, I would be there from 9 to 9. Yeah. And I, and I think at that time, I was charging like, what, 30, 40 an hour? I didn't know about business. I just knew I wasn't going to sit here for free. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a real business yet. But literally, y'all, when I tell you, nobody missed their appointment. Like, that's kind of unheard of. Like, no one missed their appointment for weeks. And so what I did ultimately was, uh, was you know, I got a scheduler. Um, I started looking at office spaces. I'm like, well, if I get this many clients and I go up to this price. So then that's when all that entrepreneurship stuff started to, like, kick in. I got to mm-hmm. read this book. You know, so I had to learn a lot just because I didn't want to lose momentum on what was happening and i didn't really like i said want to sit there all day mm-hmm. um but then you know we can go from the story from there but that was really the catalyst i just wanted to help people i knew i wasn't going to do it too much longer for free yeah. but i think even when i was doing 40 an hour it really paced out more than what i was making at work and now i'm looking mm-hmm. at my work calendar like 
I'm not going to be able to be here much longer. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I need to take off this day because if I could get these appointments in and the math just wasn't adding up after a while. So <laughs> did the knowledge in the, the subject area come from your experiences of oh, dealing with swimming pools? Okay. From okay. For the point. All right. So, yeah. I was helping adults in college. What what college? Pierce College. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was helping them in college understand their financial aid package. We had to literally, because they're adults, yeah. coach them in it. Like two to four years, this is what your payment could look like. You know, are you okay with coming to school paying this because you know this payment is coming? So I was able to already teach that because that's what I had to do every day for work. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't know that that was a consultant. Yeah. I, I just remember being on campus and like had no idea what financial aid was and signing all these papers that were a lot of money. Right. I had no idea what interest was. I didn't know what a co-signer was. Nobody. And I just know like, yo, this is that's what we got to do to make it happen at school. So because we work with adult learners, we had a responsibility, I feel like, or we felt like at that school to teach and tell people because, you know, think about it. When you're 18, you yeah. got a little while off. You might be with mom for a bit, dad. But when you're an adult, we're already with bills. We kind of felt like we had a responsibility to tell people up front. Mm-hmm. That's a good population, too. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've been in classes with, with uh, older uh, students and it's like they were more focused yes. because they knew that their time was mm-hmm. limited as we were just sitting there like I can't wait for this to be over there's a party later oh no those <laughs> you know? are the ones with the highlighters with three you know exactly right. exactly it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna be that student one day so like all, all of the tricks and stuff like everything you learn you just you already knew that from your job or you just really just googled everything and just studied your life away well so the job taught me a lot but once I decided this is gonna be my real this like when I decided to leave my job I started going to different conferences that was given by the Department of Education. Some conferences cost, some conferences were free. But like I would say 2015 through 17, I was at like every conference the Department of Education or affiliated thereof, the colleges thereof would have, I would be right there. In the very beginning, I couldn't afford those conferences, so I would be on the volunteer committee and I would be on the welcome booth. I had a strategy. I would be on the welcome booth for four hours and I could join the rest of the conference. For free. Mm. You just had to get there. I mean, and then I was like, well, what girlfriend do I know in DC? I mean, it was real, like, you know, but I, I just really had a clear vision. I was never confused about what I wanted this to be. I just needed to not give up on myself, if that makes sense. All Perfect right. sense. All right. So now you got the backstory, mm-hmm. and um, we'll talk more about the branding and all of that, how you turned into a business. Uh, but Let's let's dive into it as far as the meat and potatoes. So mm-hmm. I got questions. I'm, I'm sure Troy got questions. But the first question I want to ask is, uh, shout out to MG the Mortgage Guy. I'm not sure if you, you saw the post that he yes. did. Um, but that was something that got a lot of traction on, mm-hmm. our, on our page. And we posted it. And he said something to the, um, to the effect that if you have student loan debt, mm-hmm. not to do a FHA loan or a conventional loan, trying to buy a home, first-time home buyers, um, but to do an IBR, which I I think it stands mm-hmm. for an income based mm. repayment. So it, it got a lot of traction and people was asking like, what is an IBR? What does this mean? Yeah. Can you decode this? So can you decode that a little bit? Yeah. So the term really should be IDR. So IDR is basically the collection of different plans that are based on your repayment. So IBR is one, repay, pay, and ICR. Um, when Biden comes into office, the question is, Will Biden add a fifth plan or replace those plans with one plan? So that's what we're about to see. So right now, um, and this is really cool, and this is the best time that anybody with a lot of student loan debt should be buying a house before laws change. When Republicans are in office, there are so many caveats and little programs and tricks that still get people to buy, right? Mm -hmm. But when Democrats get in office, 
programs get closed down, shut down, they get very, very conservative. So I'm a little nervous, just to be quite honest, with Biden taking office that the what you just announced is going to go away. So if that is the case, if you're watching this in real time, you might want to get your stuff together so mm -hmm. you can get a home. So basically, um, if you have uh, your loans on an income-driven repayment plan, so right now it's messing everybody up because we're in the CARES Act until January 31st. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is messing some people up to buy a home because they will literally have to come out of that plan and go into repayment. Right. Right. And so let's say, for example, somebody's loans were normally 700 a month. Well, 700 a month is a lot like you already got a mortgage, right? Yeah. So, but then let's say based off of their income and their household size, they can get their loan down to 200 a month. So which one on paper would you rather have? 200 or 700? 200. 200. So 200 is what a mortgage um, lender can use when looking at your debt to income ratio. But the caveat is you have to have, my opinion, over a 720 credit score. Now, some people say 700, but I account for them checking your credit and it going down. Mm. So, and the reason that is, is because conventional loans, the better your credit, the better um, you'll get in terms of your interest rate um, and less money you have to put down. Yeah, I laughed when you when you said the CARES Act because most people know if you owe student loan that you only there's no interest being charged up until the 31st of January right. of 2021. Um, and so that that's an issue. But I actually knew about those repayment plans. It actually, you know, I, I own student Oh, a little uh, bit, a little bit. So can we, can we even talk about that for even people that, that have it might already know, but let's say kids are listening to it that's in college or mm -hmm. they're trying to make a decision. So it's the ICR, yeah. the yeah. IB, can we like talk I'm about it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was actually going to go there. Okay. okay. So, so the fourth, it was pay, repay, the IBR and ICR. The reason I found out is because when I was trying to get a loan forgiveness plan, mm -hmm. I wasn't part of one of those. Right. And so I got declined. Yes. And I was like, wait, what is this? And so, yeah, can you go into the depth okay. of the, the parameters of each? So let's go through it. So Obama, the Obama administration gave us the pay and the repay plan. Mm -hmm. So pay came out first, and that's for those that have new loans or newly consolidated loans in the direct loans program. Your payment is kept at 10%. Mm -hmm. Repay came out like because people went off. They were like upset. Like, so I can't get my payments lower. So then they came out what's called repay that said if you just have a direct loan, doesn't have to be newly consolidated, you can get 10% too. Although more is forgiven over time under the pay plan than the repay plan. The IBR plan is the old fashioned income based repayment plan that everybody knows. And anybody listening should check their loans to see which plan they normally are under. Mm -hmm. Most people never switch out. And they could actually lower their payment by going to repay from IBR. So you have, based on how much you make, will determine how much you're going to have to pay? Yes. Okay. So IBR is at a 15% margin. ICR is at a 20% repayment. And if anybody's listening, they will write down if they have parent plus loans. Hmm. Sometimes you teach, I'm like, I want to write it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need yeah, to write yeah. it for it. I know so those. I'm like, okay, so ICR is 20%. Now, what Biden is proposing is the plan that they're saying that he's coming out with will be at 5%. So some people are really going to see a, a good win in terms F of their money. 5%? Of your, um, of your uh, expectation to be able to repay back loans. So if you borrow 100000 you only have to pay back 5000 Oh, no. 5% of your income. Your income. So your income. 5000 Okay. Right. So like if somebody had was making a hundred thousand, mm -hmm. like at with a teacher salary in New York, that could happen easily, mm -hmm. right? And you have to pay fifteen percent. Mm -hmm. That's fifteen hundred dollars 
right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, you have to make a, to get the forgiveness of the one I was singing, I think it's the PSLF, right? Yes. The, the mm -hmm. public service. So if you're a teacher, if you're anything in a public service, you can get this loan forgiveness. You'd have to make 120 consecutive payments yes. to qualify for it. Yes. And that started... Uh, it dates back to 2007. So mm -hmm. this is the problem I ran into. I'm like, oh, bet, 2007, I haven't missed a payment. And 2017, it was my 10th year, and I was like, oh, great. So then you need to look into what's called the TEPSLF. So I did it. I, had, I got forgiven for another loan. Okay. Yeah, so then I, that's when I started researching, wait, I could, there's more loans out there for teachers. Yes. And so I did the teacher loan forgiveness where it was like, if you are a highly qualified teacher in the subject at five years, and it has to be a Title I school. Wait, so that's clarification. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. two oh, different... Yeah, I, I when we do the podcast, so what you're saying is okay, so let me ask you a question. So, okay. you got the teacher loan forgiveness, yep. but did you get the TE? -E I did not, I did not. Did you apply yet? I did, but they told me I wasn't in one of those four uh qualifying ones, so I wasn't in pay, repay, uh, IBR. Well, or... wait, no, TE is different than PSLF, okay? No, then I wasn't, I didn't okay. get that, yeah, yeah, okay, go. So, I'm going to offline, yeah, show you the other plan. perfect. So, the government, um and the money might still be available. Okay. They gave a, a window of money for people that, like him, had been paying since 2007, but was on a standard plan, let's mm -hmm. say. And he like, I've been paying, so why am I not? And I work for... And so it's under a different program. Okay. It's just like a spinoff of the PSLF. A lot of people don't know about it. They talked about it one time on the news. <laughs> I'm like, so... Um, so I'll show you where that's at. Yeah, Last that's... time I checked, there's still money available. Yeah, because it was like a bunch of people had applied. They had mm -hmm. did the 10 years. They had the 120 payments. And I think less than 1% of people actually right. got forgiveness. So then they told them to go back and apply for that second plan I'm telling you about. Yeah. But it got confusing and people didn't do it. Um, they closed it. They reopened it. So last time I checked, I looked literally the other day. It's still open. Your DM is about to blow up. Okay. So that's, <laughs> but, I mean, but that's the whole purpose. Yeah. You know, so I have to be really knowledgeable about these things. And and let me be very clear. Like, I don't work for Sally May. I don't even like student loans in a concept. I like that people that come to us or come to me initially can get the help to move forward in life. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you walk away with 100% forgiveness after that, he's going to be light as a bird around here, right? And then you're going to do something different with your money. Like, I don't know how much you pay towards your student loans out of COVID, but that additional money can go to all the things you guys talk about, right? Yeah. Real estate and investing. But that'd be the number one reason why people do not get into um, growing their money because the student loan debt payments. Yeah. It makes you. It can make you stagnant, right? It can de or the, depression the, too. It can, right? it can make you depressed. Yeah. It could leave you to a point where it's like, yo, now I have to live at home longer than I expected. Absolutely. Now I can't afford to get a car. Now I can't um, afford to even be in a real relationship right because uh, i can't have a few oh, I, I can't i can't get married i can't afford to do it and so it stagnates your life from yeah. a decision that you made at 18. i gotta i gotta tell the story okay okay so this is real and if somebody's watching it's gonna understand what i'm about to say so if you are um particularly like a black woman and you're dating and you got six figure student loan debt i know it come up in your mind at one point like how am i going to tell this man right so so what happens when i used to do one-on-one -on -one appointments in person i miss those days those were fun Guys who used to book their fiance and girlfriends for like appointments that the girls didn't know about. Mm. So they would come in like, well, where are we at? And I'm like, hi. I'm thinking everybody knows. Nobody knows. But him. And I'm like, so you didn't tell him? And he's like, no, I'm going to get some lunch. And he like just dropped the girl off. <laughs> now she's arms folded. She's tight. And I'm like, oh, God. And you know, remember you had like panty buttons at work? Yeah. yeah, I don't have that at all. So I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, so here's what's going to happen. So we're going to go through your loans and... I said, and so the girl, I remember she was so upset. She had a bad attitude. And then I just had to get real for like two seconds, you know. 
I was like, look, so look, this was about to be. I was like, I really think that this man likes you. He likes you enough to have booked this appointment. He thinks highly enough of you. That probably means he may want to propose, get married soon. But he's very serious about his money. And he's not going to propose to you unless you tackle your student loan debt. Because I think she told him, right? So I said, so what we're going to do is we're going to put you on this plan. And I think she was eligible for PSLF. I said, and then when he comes back, you're going to tell him the game plan, like all excited and enthusiastic. You got it? But I don't know. Like I just think of a whole different person. And she was like, okay. So we did work it out to where her payments would be 130. She was enrolled on PSLF. And then you could see his face was like, oh, all right. Okay. So what you saying is all she got to do is. So he was like real light after that because it was real tense. And then sure enough, you know, I stalked him. I wanted to see <laughs> like six months later, he proposed. But now, like, I don't think he would have not proposed if, well, we don't know, really. Yo. But he really needed to feel comfortable that she was on top of her loan debt. And so it does come up in dating yeah. and trying to buy yeah. a home together. Student loan doctor salute. slash marriage counselor. Yeah. Salute salute that, man. So so <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay, so um, me, I'm a slow learner. And fortunately, I never had to deal with any of this stuff. So um, all of this stuff is, like, kind of foreign to me. So for people that you know might be in the same boat as me and they might have children it might not affect them but they might have children yeah. so sure. let's try to let's try to unpack this a little bit so it's like all these different loans which one is the best loan to get in i know that's like a hard question mm -hmm. but which one is the best loan to get in and then if you are, are in a bad loan um how can you maneuver into a good one so with the federal government there's only like one type of loan it's just a federal loan right and so when we have students going to college, they get a, what's called an award letter. They'll be told if they get any grants, any scholarships. And then on the award letter, it'll say unsub and sub, right? And so sub means um, loans that have interest that's paid for by the government. Unsub means the interest you're responsible from day one as to how it accrues. Parents get jammed up when they apply for what's called the parent plus loan. It's like the devil child of student loans. Like it's, <laughs> It's bad, but they they really make it to where parents um, get trapped with those. It's like kind of like a private loan, yeah, if you will. Yeah, that I was just gonna say. Yeah, it, that, that's the difference between the federal, loan. the federal and the privates. Yeah, right. And because the interest rate is horrible, like seven point eight. Um, most times they want you to go into repayment right away. They do hit and look at your credit, and so they gotta decide who has better credit, mom or dad, when doing the application. If mom or dad gets denied, the child can get two thousand additional per the semester. But if you're going anywhere outside of a state school, like if we're here in New York, that that money should be enough to cover that tuition. But when people go to more expensive schools, what happens? What do they got to take out? Private. Private, private loans. loans. And now private loans are really like the death of our economy, mm -hmm. particularly for um, black millennials, because everyone wants to go to an HBCU, right? But everybody's not getting full funding to go to an HBCU. So I see a lot of graduates that come out. The most they can borrow is 57,500 undergrad. And then they have like 100,000 in private loan debt. Let me be really clear. 100,000 private loan is different than 100,000 federal. And the reason it is is because if you owe 100,000, your payment could still only be $200 based off of your income and who you take care of. But with a private loan, that payment's going to be a thousand dollars with a period behind it. Then the F word comes, forbearance. Right? So, so well, no, <laughs> not yet? with private loans. Oh, not yet. with private, with federal, you can. Yeah. Okay. So, so federal loans, all of these programs, income-based programs, all of that. Uh, but private loans, there's no kind of program to lower the payment. 
No, your lender may have something like Navi and may say, well, we'll allow you to do some forbearance, but then the interest is still capitalizing. And the time you come out of it, the payment's now like $1,300 a month. So it's, it's really uh, no relief. Now, let me say this. There are only two states, Pennsylvania and Texas, that will not allow um, private loan debt to take over your income, like garnish your wages. Mm -hmm. But New York... Definitely, um, we get a lot of clients that call in crying literally because they get their paychecks snatched up to 25%. Um, Georgia, particularly Florida. I'm just thinking about where we get the most calls from with that issue, Boston, um, Massachusetts. So so if you're listening to this and you have private loan debt, right? Because I know that's the question that comes up a lot. The goal is to get your credit up as best as possible so that you can refinance your loans. This is the best time to refinance private loan debt. But I have an asterisk. So because I do believe with the Biden administration that there is going to be a form of loan forgiveness, 10000 50000 or 100% through the Higher Education Act of 1965, the president-elect is already allowed, as soon as he takes office, yeah. he could just sign it off. Right? And one stroke of the pen. Yeah. Sign what off? The, All yeah, yeah, so that's that's a good student, that's a good point. You're still on that, yes. and so those are some of the, the proposals, right? There mm -hmm. is the everybody who has student federal student loan debt. Yes. We outside we don't want to confuse it with private. Mm -hmm. They're going to get ten thousand dollars if he signs it, right? Or or yep. the other proposal mm -hmm. is uh, we can do ten thousand for five years, mm -hmm. right? Or completely wipe away everybody's so student loan. His program ten thousand for five years that'll just pass probably through the Congress and yeah. the House. That's fine. But what we what we know he has the authority to do, every president has already had the authority to do, is literally sign one hundred percent that one point nine trillion away. So here's my question. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's say because the average person, right, has under twenty five thirty thousand dollars in right. student loan debt. There's no interest being uh, applied right now, right? Mm -hmm. Only the principal you can pay toward that. If we can do it, should we pay it off, or should we wait till the administration to come in and see what happens? I get that question like almost every day. Um, so here's what I would say: there is going to be something coming, and you know, a president likes to make his mark in the first 100 days. Yeah. So for real, for real, you you could wait like you know about 100. I'm, just, I'm asking for a friend. Days, I'm asking right? for a friend. If you was watching this like right now, you know, about 130 days out, I would be on the minimum payment type of situation because if something did come. Let's say the big number that the Democrats are pushing him to is 50000 You would have your loans wiped clear, but you're not getting any money back mm -hmm. that you put out. Right. So I think, you know, it's bad to say this out loud, but I would probably do a minimum payment to see what happens. So let me, Noted. Let me ask you this as far as, all right, so I guess the best student loan to get in is a federal loan, not a private loan. Yes. The best one. So when you get in, the, so the, all those options are just repayment options. Like there's only one federal student loan, right? It's not like different types of federal student loans. No, it's just one type of federal loan. The other federal loans that they used to have, which are called FFEL or FFELP or Perkins loans, um, oh. yeah, those, <laughs> I remember those. Right, those are more so with uh, with colleges, universities would give out on behalf of the government. Those loans and programs have stopped. Okay. If you are listening to this and you have an FFEL or FFELP or Perkins loan, you should look into consolidating your loans into the direct loans program so that you can take advantage of any forgiveness that's coming because this current administration does not get paid or even the CARES Act. If you had a loan that wasn't a direct loan, even in the CARES Act, they didn't pay for your loans right now. They didn't cover your loan debt. So you probably want to look into consolidation and see if it's a good fit. So, I mean, it puts, especially parents, you know, who come from working class 
you know, homes. Um, because a lot of times when you apply for, for student loans and your parents make a certain amount or a decent living, you're not going to get any, right? Most times, like I remember applying for student loans and I got like $246. I'm like, this is like one book. And so it forces you almost to say like, I got to take out this loan and I got to go the private route. So what, what do we do in those scenarios? Is it just like try your best and get scholarships or look for grants? What are we supposed to do? So a student going into college? Yeah. Right. So a couple of things. If you're a student listening to this, I know you guys do have a good audience that's younger. Um, you know, I believe in what's called scholarship Sundays. Hmm. So I would recommend that starting in uh, sophomore and junior year, you start looking for the scholarships you're going to apply to most times in junior year. Mm-hmm. Right. And the challenge with all of this is, and what it comes down to is, um, as parents, we don't prepare well enough. And by no fault to anybody listening, like, don't feel bad that you didn't prepare. But just know that this generation right here, the millennial generation, has to be the one that ends student loan debt. Like, first off, if you're listening to your podcast and they're listening, they shouldn't even be thinking about their child having to take out student loans. Like, that's contrary everything you guys teach in terms of wealth building. Yeah, right? I had this, I just had this conversation the other night. Like, whose responsibility is it? Is it the oh, the, la- the, the, parents. the parents' lack that's of preparation? The, that's the issue. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting all straight. Like, yeah, Yo. but I mean, we, 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 we first like so a lot of us are first generation college graduates, and yes. so like our parents, my parents, and I from this country, they didn't, they don't know these things, and yes. so like now I'm looking at it, my responsibility for my children is like. We don't. We, we're never gonna have to take. So so. All right. So let me ask you this, because fortunately, like I said, I didn't have to go through this process because I played basketball and I had a scholarship. Oh, yes, I like He's you. a scholarship kid. I had a scholarship. I'm not. He's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> See how he's sitting. That's when you don't got student loan debt. That's what you look like. Right now, what's going on over there? <laughs> He's like, What is this FHA you're talking about, you gotta, Troy? You gotta got work on your jump shot. <laughs> you work on your jump shot. I'm like, Dang, nobody's supposed to be Yeah, nah. <laughs> I had scholarships in college. Can I be really, really honest with you? I just didn't have guidance to tell me to not take out the refund check. So I didn't have a lot. I'm gonna be real. Like in college, yo, I was living, I'm living good now, but. I, in college, I was living right under this level, and I don't, and I know that sounds weird, but I had a full ride. That refund check, that re, we, but we, nobody, you as a young black kid, somebody saying come to the bursar's office and pick up five thousand every semester. What? You remember true religions? What? Yo, I, listen, true religions. If you was my friend, I got you up here. I didn't want to walk on campus, and we didn't look fly together. We're not eating campus food. We're going to rent lobster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like the first ever car. Your college was so fun. But that's because I had a lot of money coming in from scholarships that the refunds that I did take was like play money because I didn't understand them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like Sundays, we're all here eating. Bring- <laughs> Yo, it was, it was like the Made best us over here. I don't even know if I had real friends. <laughs> I probably brought a lot of friendships because well, I've always been very, very generous and I have a good heart. And I'm really, if I eat, you eat. That's how I feel. And um, it used to be to the point, look at the Brian's like changing his head. Like, he said, yes. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, so like on Sundays, it's like so digress. But like, I was like, all right, I'm cooking. I'm not a cook. I'm like, if you want to contribute, true story. I'm like, put the pack of fish with your name on the ciggy so I know that you can come back. Because they would drop off all type of food. All my guy friends, I have a lot of guy friends. Like, you could do fried fish, just drop it off at the door. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I like that. That's and it. Was it. Just like, and then all the. I needed you in college. Nah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I had, I had, uh, uh, this, this is a true story. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I know, I know the story. For one, year, for one year straight, I ate tuna fish every day for one year straight. Yo, my friend, one year straight, ate ramen noodles. And imagine that wall being stacked up with ramen noodles, beef, 
shrimp and chicken. He's like, what, what do you want today? I don't want that. I was like, we got, we got options. Yeah, beef. I haven't had tuna fish in a while. I still eat it every <laughs> once in a while, but I eat, now I eat it in a salad. Oh. I always eat it on in, in a sandwich. Did like, your meal plan get jacked up? Nah, you know, the thing about it is playing sports. So, um, so my first two years was in Maryland. My, my next two years was in Hawaii. So Maryland, the scholarship included just the cafeteria food and, yes. and dorm rooms and all that. When I went to Hawaii, oh. everything was paid for, but they gave me a check. They gave me a check for like $6,000. And then that was to pay for my off-campus apartment, mm. pay for food and all of that. So blew it. I was on my own. So I was just going grocery shopping, but I didn't, I didn't know how to cook. I had a foreman oh. grill. I was just putting anything on the foreman grill. And then I would just you make- You had no friends? Yeah, we nah, eleven thousand. Nah, we was, nah, I mean, nah. we eleven hours away. Yeah, <laughs> we back in New York. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, it was uh, it was tough, but we made it through. We made it through. We made it through. Well, you look good though. You guys, you guys Omega's up. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> that's that's. Don't see how close his skin is. Uh, you could put tuna in your yeah. salad when you got praise to the Lord. That's right. all it takes. That's all it takes. But let me ask you this. So yeah, so as far as parents, right? It's interesting what you just said. You said mm-hmm. um, if they're listening to this, they shouldn't even be worrying about that. So what is your advice for parents? Like, because it's like, all right. Um, do they, so if they can't afford to send mm-hmm. their kid to college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, should they just go community college and oh, then yeah. state school and just only do federal? Like, should they never do? At what point does it make sense to do student loans or does it really make sense yes. to do student loans? So I'm licensed but not licensed in this section. So I'm going to teeter. Lightly, but I think it would be best to pick everyone to Google the 529 plan in their state and then talk to a licensed professional that can talk to you about a 529 plan. Because if you are, I, I call what's called the sticky middle. Middle class is what's called the sticky middle. Mm-hmm. Not enough to get a full grant ride, but not uh, wealthy enough to pay out a pocket, right? So that sticky middle is, that's where a lot of people suffer. They're like, oh, you should be able to contribute to your child's education. And most people can't. So what happens is the student loan debt, the private loan debt, the parent plus loan debt comes into play. But there is something called, I'm really a big proponent and a fan of, called the 529 plan, where someone that has a child early on or a grandchild can start to contribute to their child's education. And we can have a 529 party every year on the birthday. So I know a few people that their child at age nine has their college fully paid for at today's prices. So the five to nine party, no gifts, would just contribute to the plan. Literally bringing in like uh, you can That's go find a deposit or you can just bring a twenty. I like that. You can write a mm-hmm. check too from checkbook to five twenty nine. We spoke about that a few times on the podcast. So. All right, so you, so your philosophy is like you should be planning to pay for college. Don't rely on yeah. because on you know loans. that our culture and when I say our African Americans, we don't believe in picking up the tab for our kids in this extent but in other cultures like i've been studying this it is expected that the parent pays yeah. for that it's like a wedding yeah but in our culture what do we pay for right <laughs> we pay for it all prom oh proms. oh yeah proms we do that maybe yeah. weddings right cars baby showers baby showers yeah, extravagant. Yeah. Baby showers. Yeah. yeah we've been to more baby showers than weddings well, that's a fact <laughs> right <laughs> the burberry the burberry shirt <laughs> The Burberry shirt was a staple at uh, Baby Shower. That's how you knew yeah. who the father was. You know, yeah. the, the, yeah, it's to do with the Burberry shirt. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, um, you know what? Also, too, and, and <laughs> to go along with that, is that we got to change the stigma on community college. Yes. And especially in New York, man. It's like people feel like, oh, I feel like I'm not going anywhere. It's great. Yeah, it's like... it's. Number one, if you get if you get a, a liberal arts degree, it won't matter because you're gonna be able to. He's dying. <laughs> <laughs> it won't matter. I mean, you, you can still transfer after two years. Plus, you're gonna save yourself maybe 
fifty to one hundred thousand dollars by just staying home. You know what I mean? You're not paying room and board. You're still eating at home. So here's the heck. The stigma is crazy. So I'm a reformed college professor, right? And I could teach at a community college or I could teach at a private institution. It was the same class, the same textbook. I just got paid a little different, but the students were paying. At the community college to see me on Tuesday, three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. At the private college, they were paying sixteen hundred a class. Mm-hmm. Same professor, same book, just catch me on a different show. Like and and once you, it's like um, if you have a bachelor's degree and you went to community college, they don't count your associate. Only thing that matters is your bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. If you have a master's degree. The only thing that really matters is your master's degree. So yeah. like a lot of people even think like the first four years, if you're going, right. if you know you're going to be a doctor. Like go to a good undergrad, but don't spend all of your money on it, like because your master's program is gonna be more important. Yeah. Like you know who went to community college? Uh, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. No, nobody knows that because they only look at Harvard. Harvard. So and I think. think he went to what do you go before Harvard? Columbia. He went to Columbia and he went to Harvard. So it's like they only look at that part of it, but they didn't look at the two years he spent in in community college. Nobody cares. Yeah. But now it's two years that you're going for next to nothing, and. You, you're, a lot of kids aren't mature enough to actually go away from home and they make a lot of mistakes. So that's like, right. you know, Costing time mistakes. to actually develop and grow as a person. And now you got two years on your belt and now you can get another two years if you want. I'm going to be honest with you. With COVID, I would be pissed mm. if I was paying that tuition and I'm home with my friend that's home on the same platform paying way less tuition like that's crazy like i would be re- enrolling and switching over to another school like personally so let me ask you this as far as forbearance uh, there's general forbearance and administrative forbearance mm-hmm. what what is the difference between those two so general, general forbearance i'll give you an example it's like when you need to call your lender like i don't, I don't got it like so it's 36 <laughs> months in the lifetime of your loan that you can just extend it no questions asked then you have what's called administrative forbearance from the government for whatever they de- determine as a permissible reason they can cover your interest, right? Um, and then you have what's called economic deferment. That's when people don't know about this one, but that's when you get laid off um, or you lost your job. You have some paperwork that says that instead of using your general forbearance months, you want to use your economic deferment. Or if you live in an area that has really bad weather, um, like hurricanes and so forth, mm-hmm. there's weather-related deferments too that people can get. So that you don't have to again run through your thirty six months. How so, do you how how would yeah. you how would you know that? Do you, do you like because I didn't know that. Um, do you have to call your lender? Like, yeah. Do you, do you offer weather forbearance? Do you offer job? Well, it's a, it's a government program, but it's, okay. again, it's not fully advertised. See, that's the problem again with a lot of um, our lenders and their websites. Some websites, some lenders, it's super easy. Click here, go here. Some are like contact us, and then you're hold for what thirty minutes. And then people just like, oh, forget it. I'm not about to pay them. Mm-hmm. Now it hits your credit. It's a cycle that happens. Yeah, okay. So I got like a two-part question. So does COVID obviously count as an economic event, one? Well, no, administrative forbearance okay. right now. That's what we're under with the CARES Act yeah. because it's a government-enforced policy. So and on the 31st of January, that's mm-hmm. done, and yes. now people are back into regular, regular forbearance? The real, no, they're in the real world. Oh, <laughs> payment time, payment yes. time. So then if we're back in payment time, people can now apply for forbearance. How long is that, 6 to 12 months or just 6 months? Well, we don't know how much they have left. Okay. Well, you, 36 I mean, to, months. 36 months, okay. Yeah, but by the time somebody listens to this, they probably out, like, you know. Time's and up. if they had FFELP loans or Perkins loans, they didn't qualify for the um, the the administrative forbearance. So they could have used some of their general forbearance months on that. Mm-hmm. So, like bankruptcy, right? That's mm-hmm. one of the things that um, 
How does that, how does like student loan play a part into that? Oh, well, you know, my girlfriend, Elizabeth Morin, not really my girlfriend, but <laughs> um, I'm just such a fan. So she is trying to, um, she just put a proposal through to revise the Chapter 10 bankruptcy laws to say, hey, we need to include federal loan debt as um, a, a major economic impact. Like the wording, you can go look it up. But basically, she wants you to be able to get 100% forgiven through Chapter 10 bankruptcy. Now, somebody uneducated is going to watch this and, and go, I don't want to file for bankruptcy. Oh, no. Like, you can go to my page and watch it, right? And you can see all the comments. I'm like, mm mm mm. In other cultures, bankruptcy is a tool for a financial reset. So if you're watching this and you are 27 years old or you're 32, I'm, and that'd be funny, you you was up to 32 with bad credit. You could go like seven more years and then get a, a, a fresh restart. But the challenge is we just have to be more knowledgeable on what a bankruptcy would look like, you know, per you. Now, are, you're married, right? Yeah. Okay. So how it would go is, or how it should go, if let's say Troy takes on the bankruptcy because he wants to clear his loan debt. So then we know that his wife is going to be having a lot of assets in her name for about seven years. And then, well, we don't know what could go left or what happens in, the, in other cultures, the Jewish cultures. When you're done, the wife would then go into bankruptcy and then you would have the perfect credit score. Does that make sense? Mm, that makes sense. So there's a switch out. So like there's nobody ever like paying anything. You had mentioned that like as far as like even in a relationship, you shouldn't have everything commingled. No, no, no. I already got no, no. About personal? No, that's 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 <laughs> valuable information because in my mind, I always thought like, yo, student loan was with you and student loan was with you until you died. Right, it was like that. There's no way to get out of that. But bankruptcy, hopefully, that could yeah. get out. But, but that, that's yeah. a, that's a gem, though. Like, I don't want to breeze over that point. Um, why should it not be commingled? Okay, yeah, no. So what happens is again because we don't. I'm just gonna keep talking about our culture as an African American culture. I do a lot of start thought and study around this. We don't know enough to look at each person as an individual business and entity, right? So let's say um, we're married, shall right? I don't want everything in both of our names on paper because now the bank is looking like we're, we're looking real tied up together. Mm -hmm. My credit is affected. His credit is affected. Everybody shows that they're, the DTI is super high. But you got to trust who you're about to marry, right? So let's say the loan goes into Shai's name, but I am going to be on the D. You see what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> right. And then now maybe I get the investment property in my name and then he's going to go on to the deed as well. But from a loan standpoint, from a credit standpoint, we have two separate properties. We're not commingled on the same loan. That's that's a gem right there. That's mm -hmm. a gem right there. Because a lot of times people don't fully understand. Julian Gordon, you ever heard of him before? You know him? I don't think so. He's a, he's a real estate Shout guy. Um, and he, he, that's what he's talking about. Like He said, don't buy your first property when you're married. You should buy, like when you're engaged, right. each person buy a property. That way when you get married, now you got two properties, mm -hmm. two different people's names. Yes. And it increases your wealth. Uh, it doubles your wealth mm -hmm. as opposed to doing it at just one. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. And then we're not, we're not doing it. No, because the first one should be, you know, it should be a duplex, a triplex, or a quadplex if you're lucky to find one and you like it and you're okay living, you know, in a tight quarter. Because it really is, if you do this right, business is a mar uh, mar yeah, I'm saying it right. Marriage is a business. And so what could happen is, let's say we get that quad, we're in that first unit on the top floor, and then that, that second and third, we got renters, 
And then at the bottom, we got a commercial property, right? We only got to do this, what, for three years on paper, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So because the the challenge is people get caught up because they have children and then they enroll their children in other school districts. That's how people get caught up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get all these grants. You're not like, oh, take these grants. I want to make this home free and, and no money out of pocket. But those grants have lines and clauses that say if you move to a different school district or you move in three years, they can padlock and take your home. I know that's happened to a few people. Hmm. So you do have to find or don't take the grants. You know, you do have to read with the fine print. But and then let's say so let's say we did that for three years. Right. Now we're going to take some of this equity out. And this is all the stuff you guys teach. And now we're going to get the next property. or We're going to get the real home after we get that first one going. So can we talk about credit for a second? Because you brought it up. Um, so 25 percent of borrowers usually default on their loan, mm-hmm. which encompasses uh, a lot of damage to their credit reports. Is there any like solution or maybe a hack that people can use to help or maybe hide a little bit of the student loan when it comes to the bureaus? So, you know, student loans can come off of your credit report. That's not a problem. That can come off. It can't hide when you're trying to go buy a home. How does it come off? Oh, oh, oh okay. All right. <laughs> like, wait, I'm like, hold All on. Right, now that's my master class. Oh. <laughs> you, know, you know, I like y'all. All right. So what would happen is, um, I'm saying fast so they can feel like <laughs> It's Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nobody really wants to do it like this, but you would pull three reports. And let's say we're looking at the student loan. So student loan one is here. And it's all listed the same, right? But is it really listed the same? See where I'm going with this? It's not most times. And so let's say when we look on Experian, it, it could be one number off or it could be a payment history different than here. Mm-hmm. And now I'm concerned. All the bureaus, high alert. I'm now going to send a copy of each page. I'm highlighting, and in my letter, this is a discrepancy. I'm just so concerned as a consumer. I'm not sure which is what. This is stopping me from uh, getting a home. Please remove this immediately. Mm. That one's for free. (laughs) (laughs) And it comes off. Now, but don't try to pull that when you go to buy a home, because you're going to look like a liar. I don't have any student loans. I know people that do this. (laughs) And then the lender comes back like, so what's this? Now they don't trust you, right? Right. Because you're like, <laughs> How'd that happen? Where did that three hundred thousand come from? Four hundred thousand dollar doctor, so John now, Hopkins. Right, so I, I never I, went to medical school. Yeah, so we're not doing that. So we're going to tell the truth. You can say, listen, on my consumer report, it doesn't show. But if you're going to get a federal loan with an, another federal loan, they got to be able to say the good standard or not. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people that get their loans off that are in default off of their credit are in default and they can't get a home. So is that true for both federal and private or just federal? For what? Getting off the report? Yeah. Yeah, any any okay. Yeah. Okay. So yep. as far as like a goodwill letter, um, from my understanding, that's like when you write you write letters. Mm-hmm. I guess in today's time you can actually call. Um does that ever does that is that worth it or you know, um, yes. So but be because we're in COVID and we're and by the time they listen to it, it's probably still be happening, right? You it's better to call and do a letter if they request. So like a few months ago, um, my friend had a late payment on his, uh, I think it was his Neiman's card. He forgot, right? But he had a late payment a year ago. But because of COVID and we want to talk to people and, and empathize with people that we're talking to, the lady was so nice and took his late payment off from a year ago. So the call went like this, like, um, hello. Um, hi, Susan. Now, I acted like him, even though I sound like a girl, but you know they can't tell you you really are a man on the phone. I mean, <laughs> please do so I can sue you and, you know, whatever. So I'm like, hi, I am so-and-so. Let's say I'm I'm, I'm Mark. 
Are you sure you're Mark? I, I'm Mark. I'm Mark, ma'am. I'm Mark. <laughs> no, yeah. Right. Better known as. Okay. All right, Mark. Uh, how can we help you? Well, Susan, I tell you, um, this pandemic has really gotten me down. How are you, Susan? At first, I want to start there. How are you? How are the kids? We don't know if they got kids. <laughs> so she's like, oh, I tell you, this pandemic is hitting everyone. My son's really impacted. So I saw that one. Okay. Now, now, Susan, I'm calling because um, I'm a small business owner. And you. this is right before they passed the uh, EDIO, those small business loans. And, you know, I am just waiting on those small business loans to come through. I had to close down. Susan, can you believe it? And the goal here is to keep saying Susan's name. Why? Because people like to hear their name. Right, Rashad? That's a fact. So it makes you feel good. <laughs> so, uh, Noted. So, so Susan, um, are you experiencing anything like that? Anything like that? I, well, you're working, Susan. Oh, God, it's good. I'm not bringing the Lord into it. Yeah, well, I do love the Lord. Yeah. So um, so she's like, well, you know, you know, it's, it's hard, though, because we're here and, and, and a lot of people... Um, are sick, so I'm doing a lot of overtime. Oh my goodness, are the kids working? Well, I now this is how we got it removed, and I know y'all probably listening and looking at like, what is this girl? But it's relating to people. So she was like, well, you know, it's it's crazy you say that you're a small business owner because my son's a business owner. I, what, Susan? <laughs> what? It worked now, for him. It worked for him. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Um, what? And how's he doing? Uh, he's not doing good. You know. Um, I had to send him some money recently. This is all a true story, y'all. This is what happened. I said, what? Oh, my God. You were able to do that because you're doing overtime. She said, exactly, but I'm not going to be able to keep doing it. They got to pass this. So, Susan, that's why I was late. Mm. You see what I'm saying, Susan? Mm -hmm. Because I, I don't have the money coming in right now. And you see that I've been a longstanding customer with Neiman. Now, he will. You got to get your facts right. And then, um, and, and you know, this is how we got the other one moved. And, Susan, I tell you. Um, because I had a little hardship. You see, I had a hardship a year, uh, a year ago on my on my account with you guys. You, hold on. I do see it. I do see it. You were late a year ago. <laughs> and Susan, you know, I don't like to be late, but I had a hardship then. And, and I don't want to repeat that. And you guys think I'm a bad customer. So Susan, what do I, who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do to get these lates removed? Because Susan, I might have to move. They're going to check my credit. And it's and and then I may not and I could be homeless, so they gotta get real excited. <laughs> I don't want you homeless. Okay, let me put you on hold. Now that's the sign. <laughs> now everybody listen closely. You're never mm. on hold. Repeat after me. Never on hold. No, really. Oh, okay. One never. Never, never on, on hold. You didn't do it. Oh, right. oh, never on hold. Never. I, I, so so don't say nothing crazy. Well, <laughs> no. We're so getting there. What I do is um, um, I say God's gonna work it out for me. Like, that's the whole, like, you're doing that on hold? Yeah, I sing spiritual songs. And so, like, when they come back, they hear that? Yeah. Or I might sing, <laughs> this little light of mine, mm, I'm gonna let it shine. Yeah. Now, they don't want to keep hearing that, right? Y'all want to So, that, that whole time is very short when I get into this little light after a while. So, anyway, they come, you can't come back upset on the phone. Oh, you got a great voice. Yeah. So, you got a great voice. Mark, you got a great voice. Negro spiritual. <laughs> um, Susan, uh, are you there? Oh, I, I'm here. Um, so, Susan, what did you find out? Do I need to talk to a manager? And this is how you know you're about to get it. All right, well, what I'm going to do is, now the voice gets low. That's how you, and then you got to mimic them. So, what's going on, Susan? <laughs> um, so, I'm going to take this late payment off because this is a pandemic. Yes, it is a pandemic, Susan. And what I'm going to do is even take that payment a year ago off because if you have to move, 
We don't want anything stopping you. Exactly, Susan. Oh, my God. I wish I could just hug you, but then we got to do six feet. You know what I'm saying, Susan? Um, so, <laughs> so now what do you need me to do? Nothing. When, when you want to get an update from the bureaus that says this is going, you know, sometimes it's immediate, sometimes it's 30 days, but you're going to see it. And if you have my fight, go and pause continuously. Yeah, it yeah, came yeah. off the next day, fam. So hopefully you use it. Wow. Philly. Philly never never ceases. Yo, I'm, I'm telling you. They never raised, ceases. You know what we forgot? Raises, we, shout, out to, shout out to the Bullard. You made me think when you said Temple. Bullard. Shout out to yeah. the Bullard. Philly, Philly's always uh, got some tricks up his sleeve. You know, it's because you got to be a, you have to laugh. I mean. Oh, so, I mean, everyone listening, when they've done this, they need to all call. You know, in my Tyler Perry. Life, Tyler Perry might be calling for a role. No, no, I did take some stand-up comedy classes okay. for fun. Um, I think I'll get back to that post-pandemic. <laughs> but no, um, no, but that's like the thing is, all jokes aside, people love people, and this is the best time to be nice to anybody you're calling to ask to do something. Really? They'll tell you what to do because they're people that's probably struggling or two steps from it themselves because of the pandemic. Yeah, now what you said that was a gym too, as far as I learned that in like sales. People like to hear their names. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you, you, when you say somebody's name over and over again, mm-hmm. it, uh, it makes them feel important. Yes. It makes them feel important. Like, oh, he, he knows my name, and not only does he know my name, like he's saying it to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you heard what I said. I said I don't have to go to a manager, do I, Susan? Mm. A, no, because that's like a thing. People don't want you to go to their manager. Mm-hmm. I could take care of it. Makes them, you know, come to your rescue as a hero. Mm. Hmm. Oh, and when we really knew where she was located, we would like send flowers or something. Because that was really, really nice. That, that His credit score jumped like way up. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a hack. 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 So before we before we wrap it up, I mm-hmm. want to talk about the branding and the business side of things. But um, just a general question: mm-hmm. people that might be struggling, um, which is paying back their student loan, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talk about like debt methods to pay back credit cards, like the snowball method is a couple other methods. Yeah. If you're struggling to pay back your student loans, um, what are some suggestions that you just, just general suggestions that people may be able to benefit from if they're struggling to pay back the student loan? Well, the income uh, driven plans are the best option because that's why they exist. And especially with the pandemic, a lot of people are going to be leaving out of it on January 31st. Mm-hmm. They need to go in and update, um, do what's called an immediate recalculation of their payment and they need to be like listen if you have no money coming in or little money coming in you need to put that on the form they're not going to ask for your taxes or your pay stub they're going to take it at face value so that they can get a zero dollar payment if they need to mm. so anybody listening to this in real time i'm not sure when this airs but even when they do listen to it if anything ever changes with your finances you can definitely immediately go in and do what's called immediate recount and then they'll put you into administrative forbearance while they review it, and then the payment will be as you know. And that's true for federal. So, for but federal. for private, the best thing is just try to improve Shit. your credit score to lower so, the interest rate. Private loans, um, they were told by DeVos to not be aggressive and collect after people. You can't control private entities, however. So the best thing to do is to keep having a conversation. You know, I'm super dramatic. I would even tell you to fax in or mail in a copy of your budget to show that if there is no money available. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be really pursuing lawsuits probably right now at this time either. So it most it could hit your credit. But again, you can get it off your credit if you need to. Um, I do feel bad when I hear and talk to people that have a lot of private loan debt. There is a positive note, though. We found this out recently with a young lady 
that moved from New York to Florida. She had private loan debt of 50000 that had defaulted. Because it defaulted, they don't count that towards her debt-to-income ratio hmm. when she was going to go buy her home. So that was good news because she thought that 50000 would count towards her overall debt. But it would affect the credit score. But she got her credit up even still. Okay. And she got an offer credit. Okay. And then you were saying like you should have different streams of income for different things. Oh, yes, yes. So I have about 13 streams, and some of them work very actively. Some of them are very passive. Um, and when my house gets done next month, I'll have 14 first cards. Now, I didn't always think like that, but again, I have some really good friends. Like, you know, Nehemiah Davis, he's one of my good friends. Um, somebody guys got to get gotta get on this podcast. His name is Will Roundtree. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah you yeah. know who he is? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we met him. We met him in Atlanta. Oh, um, super solid. Oh, yeah. shout, shout him. Him. Okay. Yeah, we were doing a mastermind this weekend in uh, Houston. Okay. Yeah, super solid individual. So you can't be around people like that and not think about who's going to pay for this. Like somebody, somebody's got your money. That's what Grant Cardone says. Who's got my money? <laughs> right. So who has your rent? Who has your car? Who has your and whatever it is that you like? People don't even know where their money goes. So for me, what I think about is like I literally have a list at home. Like it's going to say, you know, it might say the rent. It might say to this. So in the next to it, this might sound weird to some people. In parentheses, I know what stream that's coming from. Hmm. So somebody got my money. And I need to know how much each stream has to do each month for me to be on par with goals. An asset for every liability. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. All yes. pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, are you are you um, so teacher? Uh yeah, I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. I like you that. You teaching now these days? Um yeah. Do on your leisure. Yeah, I'm, I don't work for a school district. No. Oh okay yeah, okay yeah. okay yeah. all right got it. I was like, you still teaching? Okay. Because <laughs> no teachers, my my whole family are teachers. Okay. Shout out so to I every teacher in the world. Teaching, but I just didn't know how I would be teaching. Yeah, and that's that's key. So that's why I, I, we use the word educate instead because when I think teacher, most people think oh you work in a school. Mm-hmm. I'm like no, we're still educating just in a different medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's good. For business loans to keep going. So how did so, <laughs> so so branding? You um you're big on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You you've you've created a brand for yourself. So from a from a marketing business standpoint, how were you able to take from doing in coffee shops one on one consultations to making you know a brand mm-hmm. that is is all over on um, global? How were you, how were yeah. you able to make those steps? Because a lot of people might have you know talents in doing one thing, but they they struggle from getting out of that coffee shop to church to, you know, reaching the level that you're at. So how, how are right. you able to do that? So all jokes out, always been a hustler. Like when I was little, I was always very wildly interested in money and what money could do. Now money for me, but I was used to buy candy cigarettes and jawbreakers. So I always wanted money to buy the little stuff that I didn't want to ask my mom for. Right. And my mom is a single mom and she, you know, had us in a really nice uh, middle class situation with a gated community. Like she tried. Right. But I knew that she was, it was tight. So I was in private school, but it was tight. Mm-hmm. And I had to come out of private school at one point. I'm like, kids are like this? And I remember thinking, like, mom can't afford to have me in private school anymore. We're in trouble. Like, so those things I knew I was very, like, aware of early on. So I never wanted to ask my mom for money when I was little. So I used to do stuff like uh, get a plastic chair with a rope, and I would get some leaves because I didn't want for liability. I used to think like that purposes. And I used to tell people for $1 for 30 seconds, I'll make a fake ride. And so I, I know that's so weird, but I have my own roller coaster. So that was like my hustle. Um, I don't know. I had a lot of hustles growing up, but I had that hustle in me, I think, because I saw how she really had to hustle to make things happen for us. My mom got sick when I was 16, right? And so when she got sick when I was 16, it's just me and her. I, I didn't know how much I knew about her business. I knew about how to use the ATM, how to write checks. 
and I still did I did bills at 16. I made sure all the bills was paid. She was in a coma. She came out the coma. She was like, um, she, she lost her hair when she was in the coma. And um, we writing it down. She like, well, bring me my my receipt. So I showed her my receipt and her receipt, and it had like ten thousand in her account. And she never had no ten thousand in her account. But again, we're not spending it frivolously, right? And she like, no, that's incorrect. I'm like, no, it's right. I said, no cigarettes. She's supposed to cigarettes. <laughs> I'm like, so you got money here? She like, I, I said, but I do need a new coat, you know. <laughs> so, sorry. Let me I digress. But how did we get here? So <laughs> oh, she's <great. laughs> she like, get a coat. P H I L L Y. So <laughs> I did really need a coat. Now I didn't need to get the fur coat that she told me I could wear, whatever. But I did go get a fur coat. I got in trouble. Um. So long story short. Um. No. How did we get here? I put a meme out um, about three years ago that said 2018. The top of 2018. I said, first African-American, because there are other people in my field that look like me, but they are not companies, entities. They're like the specialists, if you will. And I knew from the beginning I wanted to build a company because one, I don't really like a lot of engagement with people every day, all day. I get burned out really easily. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, how do I just hire people? And then, you know, so that's what I created was the student loan doctor as a brand. And I put it out there. Um, matter of fact, I gotta shout Neo out. Like I probably shout out, shout out, shout out no, to Neo. Shout out to Neo, the legend. Now and, and Neo, his mom, no, I ride for him like no other because and like, he get a lot of slack for whatever. But but super solid individual and always from a place of just do this, right? Neo, he gonna tell you what to do, but you ain't gonna hold your hand. <laughs> so you do gotta be smart enough to just go do it, right? Mm -hmm. So long story short, he was like, Yo, put this meme out. This is when he was trying his marketing, like okay. early on. And it was just a, a white meme. I was like 320 pounds at the time, but I didn't care. I'm like, you know, and I'm like, I put this meme out and I put it out. And I just wanted to get a little hit, a little marketing. Well, next thing you know, it started hitting little uh, blogs and media. I'm like, oh, look at this traction. <laughs> it was coming right up on Black History Month. I remember I went to sleep. So I woke up the next morning and my phone is going off more than usual on Instagram. I'm like, hmm, I gotta go to the office, right? And then I'm driving and my phone rang. I'm like, hello? It's like a number I didn't know. She's like, hi, is this Sonia? I'm like, uh, who's this? And she's like, Maisha. Maisha from the shade room. Hmm. I'm like, no, the shade room. I think shade I know about that. So, like, <laughs> um, so I pulled over and I was like, um, uh, how can I help you? Tell me your story and let's let's make it quick. Tell me your story. Let's make it quick. It was, she, she was sweet, but she was very curt. And um, and we still connect with each other now. So if she listens, she'll laugh. So she was like, I was like, well, um, so boom, boom, boom. So you gotta have your pitch ready, never know. And she said, Oh, I love it. Posting it. I said, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then the phone hung up. So then I called my girlfriend. She's super ratchet, pretty. I love her. She said, Bee! She's like, we about to be famous. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, do you follow the shade room? I said, not really. She said, like, go to it right now. So at the time, I think they had like 14 million followers or something, right? And I was like, I'm going to be here? She's like, yeah. She was like, well, when's she going to post it? I was like, I don't know. Maybe in a few days. She's like, all right, well, um, let me let me come over. I'm going to come meet you at the office. So she came to the office. And I will never forget, we were packing up. It was like 930 because I, I worked until 10. And next thing you know, I had an iPhone, but it was an old one. And it started shaking. No, it probably didn't shake, but I think it started going and my, off. And your mom. And your mom. It elevated off the yeah. table. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, is it about to explode? Because it was like, ding, 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 ding. And then the, the phone started ringing. And, and then um, emails started flooding. And it was like a movie, y'all. And then I had got, uh, what's the word? Hmm, let's start with a P. Like when you get um, Paralysis? Stuff. 
Yes. I'm like, she's like, are you having a stroke? Blink twice. I'm like, I'm okay. I said, I think my life is changing. So literally, she like, she called up all of our other girlfriends, like, y'all got to get to the office right now. It's going down. The shade room just posted it. So everybody rushed to the office. I think I ordered some pizza and we were in there like 1, 2 a.m. And I remember in one night, I had a thousand DMs. I had a thousand emails and I'm not making that number up like a thousand. I remember it. And then um, we were just getting posted. And then the next morning, which was super crazy, every radio station in Philly was talking about us. And I'm like, what in the hell? You know? And so that wave, and, and I, when we talked again, Maisha and I, because she posted us twice in 2018 for free. I was like, why did you post it? She said, Jesus told me to. I'm like, well, what else did Jesus say? <laughs> Jesus you know? Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful for her because one, she didn't have to do it. Um, and two, that was the catalyst to every other blog media source. And then, you know, I always knew, like, if you just give me a little opportunity, I'm going to make do it too. But that was like that alley-oop that a lot of people are not ready for. But I did have systems in place. I think I had about two employees at the time. I did have to do, like, a hiring boot camp. I remember I was hiring every, I mean, training every day for, like, 30 days after work. And um, after my appointments, I was taking at that time because I had just made the decision to go full time in that business. Mm -hmm. And so then I had to open my calendar from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. because I'm not missing no money. I'm going to be really honest with you. Like I needed all of that money. And, and that's really 18 to 18 is when my life started to change. And that's why I started to look at money different. Like you can, you know, I think I made uh, maybe half of what I was making in one month at that point and one month. And I'm like. They lied to us. Like, so now I'm starting to get rogue with it. Like, I, you know, and the money that I make now, I really feel like we just got bamboozled. <laughs> Hoodwinks. That's, That's a feeling. Neo, Neo is the champion. He's a champion of that. Um, Cause he was doing that for a long time. Like man retires his mom, man <laughs> travels to 37 <laughs> countries and his wife. And it's like, he was doing all these memes. Like man just buys a private jet for the first time with his family. Like what? Shout out to Neo. We would be up late. Every night, and 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 I love his uh his wife, and that would be the only person I could he could talk to as a woman that late at night. I ain't on no funny business. You can put us on speaker, <laughs> but we are gonna get to this money to like sometimes we're on the phone to like three a.m. I'm like, all right, try this job because I had just left my job. He knew that I didn't play about execute, and that's what he likes. Yeah. And he would talk me through, and I'm like, no, I think you should try this one. And then we were just doing it, and I'm I'm really just so proud of him because it's like that one individual. I just don't feel like he, has, he doesn't operate with any fear, if that makes sense. Like, he's not a fa a fa afraid to fail. He'll, he'll fail and then be like, oh, that was great. Let's do it again. You know, and, and I had to take that and learn that from him because I was really scared going into, I'm going to be transparent, I was scared to make money because I felt like this was wrong. It didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. The account looked like it's too much. I'm explaining this to my mom. I had all these things that was happening. Did you have that, is it real feeling? Like, what? is this real when you looked at the account? Yeah, um, I didn't think it was because you know I'm used to seeing the number going the other way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so now even now I'll be like, sometimes you know, and, <laughs> I'm just giving it a bit, like you know. Um, so even now and I make uh, a lot of money now, but even now I'm like, um, just I'm like, is this a joke? Like you know, and so just to be able to move how I want to move, travel or like you know be remote and do like that freedom, I can't explain it. Like 
it's 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 so humbling and I really, I really am thankful. There's no such thing as having a bad day in my world. Like I don't have bad days. I have bad moments mm-hmm. because I can't have a bad day knowing what I've come from. I could look at my account and the day got better. Like I, I don't have, and I said it really humbly. Like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> don't let that go over your head. Yeah. Like you hate one bad day. You got money coming in as we sit here. Money, money's coming in. Like that's just how it is. Brighten so. the day. On the wake uh-huh. up. It brightens your day. Yeah, like, yeah. well, how how you wake up to a bad day with a PayPal alert? Like, I never seen that. Like, what you got going on in your life? So, and I remember, like, I, well, I don't have bad days. I don't know. And and, and no, and my do I get upset? Do people hurt my feelings? Yes, but you don't get that much time from me anymore because I can always make more money, but I can't make more time. Mm-hmm. And so, even who I deal with, who I talk to, who I text, who I hang out with, it's all very intentional because these are hours I can't ever get back. Right. Like, and so that helped me even with dating. And, and, and dealing with people like you about a thousand dollars an hour minimum like I don't even like you that much <laughs> I need to be paid for this thing. yeah I actually somebody had a bad day respectfully that I invoiced them because I wanted respectfully to know invoiced yeah, them. I don't want to know how to that's hard that. send my invoice like, man. Like, did you mean to send this to me I yes, absolutely, absolutely did it should be they didn't never get paid yeah, I'm about to say that <laughs> <laughs> but it made me feel so good to sit there yeah, invoice. Send the invoice. You should send invoice to people that waste your time. But it's nonsense. You should be but a lot of people don't even know how much their time costs them. That's true. And it's not what the job pays you. Let me be very clear. I was already a million dollar earner, right? Before the job. Like, so and you are at a multi-million dollar job right now, somebody listening, and they paying you 60, 70. No, you are the million dollar gift, like all jokes aside. Like mm-hmm. if you left, if you if you good, let me be clear, if you're really good. And I was always really, really good, no smoke at any job I went to because I was very prideful about any job I had. Mm-hmm. When I left my job, the president of the college, uh, Jim said to me, he said, Sonia, he said, I tell you, when I met you, I knew you were going to be one of two things. He's like, you're either going to be a college president because I'm an ED, well, a dissertation away from an EDD, he said, or he said, you were going to be a business owner. I already knew it. He's like, you just didn't know it. Now, you think that would make you feel good, right? If you heard that. I was livid because the joke was on me. Yeah, you, you do that all this you time been, and you, you let been, me work this up. You could have been Hell doing it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Ain't that crazy? Somebody's thinking that about y'all. Just like they, yeah, they see the talent. So and so, right? So keep working for me. So where are we at now? Talk about. I want you to tell them about the because you're not you're not doing one on one consultations anymore. Right? You, you duplicate yourself and you. you yeah, put in. no, it's really hard to get me on the phone, and and I I, don't, I say that with love because I do a lot of Instagram conversations. We're now doing a lot of Clubhouse. Like our Clubhouse has been rocking lately. It's been fun. I know you on Clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be listening to him in the morning getting dressed like, yeah, shout out to the point. You know? <laughs> uh, but you, <laughs> you're wait, 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 wait. You said you called him in the morning? No. Uh, he's uh, to a Clubhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he's on every Clubhouse. I feel like. He be hopping in and out. He's a midnight marauder. Yeah, I, 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 I jump on and, uh, you know, say some words to the good people. No, but you know what Shadi, I gotta say this. I love it. I love it. He says so. Uh, I wanna. And, but wait, but he actually, you know, little sales on you too. Did you know what you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Little okay. bit, little bit. <laughs> so I, I want. So, 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 all right, Shadi, I just gotta do this real fast. So he reminds me of like, um, like an innocent uh, intern that just started on his job, right? <laughs> so what do you? So what you're saying, so and so? This is person's making like three hundred million, uh, three hundred, let's say thousand a month or something. All I've got to do. 
is boom, boom, boom. Can you just run that back one more time? <laughs> and anytime he says, can you run it back, I run wherever I'm at and go get a piece of paper because I know he caught it. I should be catching it. But again, I do listen to him passively. I'm like, that's right, Shy, you go a little further. Yeah, keep, keep pushing them. Yeah. Push them. yeah, you got to push the button. Uh, so you do what you do in the clubhouse. I'm learning a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I really do, do go to the rooms that he's in because I, if I feel like learning, I feel like I should go to his rooms because I know he's up there as a moderator or a person. So I want to bring that back. That's a great point. Um, I love how you shared that. <laughs> what you're saying is... <laughs> Yo, this, this is talent right here. This is real talent. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. I'd be wanting to text him like, can you ask? Um, <laughs> like, oh, Why are you up on that stage? <laughs> right, uh, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so I just look like, how do you feel about Clubhouse? How do you like it? Now, you know what? I think that um, I think it's beneficial, but I think that it could potentially um, water things down mm -hmm. because it's so it's like nonstop. Like, yeah. and I think it's like it's so it new. Is. It's like it's like a, a drug. Like people's on it like 48 hours straight. And yeah. um, it could potentially, I think, water things down because mm -hmm. like whenever it's just too much. It, it kind of devalues that level of information. That's that's just my own personal take on it. But I do feel like it has good characteristics. But um, I feel like sometimes it's like a competition of like who knows more, and it's just like everybody's just trying. <laughs> everybody's to prove. a guru. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's trying to prove that the smartest person has in the room. Fake receipts from a screenshot you can get off of Google. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Everybody PTR and show your receipts. And all right, anyway, so I do know some people, and I'm like, I'm like, wait, who did that? Wait, who did that? Nah, nah, that's not your receipt. Like, have, have you on the cap? Have you on the cap? Heavy. And you know, heavy, my past like, I used to be a private investigator, so I Google some of them. I'm like, that's the screenshot from, all right. That's that's stream number 11, the private investigator? Yeah, no, <laughs> I think it should be one. What, I, how, how do you feel about it? You know, I really enjoy it for the, the, the public knowledge that it's given. Um, I do think it, it makes it for, but I feel like for mental health purposes, I do think it's really good for the pandemic because it brings people talking again. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's different than Instagram where we're writing, but to hear somebody's voice, you don't know what somebody on the other line could be going through. And so by that one gym being shared, you can get them re-excited about their uh, their project that they were putting on or doing before COVID. So I really feel like it is helping a lot of people. Um, I do think there are a lot of gurus that I don't really know if they're gurus or not. You know, that's their business. So sometimes I get worried about the information that's shared. Um, and then the other thing is, um, there was a conversation, I think you were part of it, where people were talking about how they're going to start to monetize that. And I think that's the problem sometimes with our society. Everybody's trying to make a dollar out of nothing sometimes. Like, can it just be a genuine app where, you know, maybe if people want to tip or share, but why, why does everything have to be monetized? Like, every little thing has to be, and then it just takes away from the fun of connecting and building, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's one of those things, like you said, it's like the... Um the the call rooms back in like the 90s when it's like the hotline like the party, line? party line yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it so, wasn't used for business yeah. <laughs> that was but, a different but, that was a different number right. but, um, but yeah the clubhouse is it's, it's cool because it's like you going in it's like it could be meek mill and that's what i really yes. like about it i was in a room with, with meek and swiss and to even be able to you know have somewhat of a conversation with those people right. just randomly it is different than any other social media experience mm -hmm. so there is value in it for sure all right but hold on now that is interesting your favorite celebrities like my favorite celebrities while i'm not gonna okay. hold you if, yeah. if you told me he was down the street we would wrap this up like i <laughs> love him but i was in his room and i was in there for like four hours way too long just listening to him talk 
I learned a lot about him. I was making different opinions about him. So I think it's either going to help me really like more people mm-hmm. or dislike them. Because yeah. their personalities, are it is what it is. They you, probably home on the couch. You know what? You get to feel like, even on social media, Instagram, you don't really feel like you know a person by them you posting. You can hear them, right. Like when I hear Meek Mill speak, I know he's interested in business because I can hear it in him. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can hear him asking questions. And right. it's like, you actually feel like you're on the phone with him. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So right. it's interesting. It's interesting. I think yeah. they just got to, you know, they... It's like all thing. You just gotta just make it a little bit more. Yeah. You know. So I, I feel like for you guys, in terms of the guests you want to get, that's an easy like layup. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great networking, it's a great networking yeah. tool. Um, I, every time I go in there, I learn some different things from different people. Um, shout out to Doug out, Doug out in Philly too. Oh, Doug, yeah, he's super yeah, solid. I learned super some solid. stuff from him. Like, yeah, he he says some stuff that I, I didn't know. So, uh, I mean, it is good to go on there. And and you can gain some information for sure. Yeah, Doug made me upgrade my Tesla. So I brought my Tesla first and I showed Doug. So then Doug upgraded his Tesla to the self-drive. So we the, all of our cars have self-drive, but it's self-drive in the city. You got a self-driving Tesla? Yeah. So how does that work? Oh, it's like... You <laughs> like being in the car, you, you, you could use it now? Yeah. And in, in wherever? Everywhere? Yeah. So how it works is it, it is still a little robotic. So, so Doug and Neo and I, we just like little kids. We went to the parking lot at Target one night and literally we were in the car and he made on his app, the car drive to him. So Neo and I in the back tripping, I'm like, oh, to dude. come pick him up. Yeah. To come pick him up. Like, well, can you do it while you're in the car? Oh yeah. 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 But he wanted to show us the, the, the feature that allows you to have the car drive out of the parking spot to you. At the front, of the, car, the front of the store. So you can go on the street right now and drive and not drive. And it's car. called summon your car. Hmm. And you can have it like drive you to the grocery store. Oh, oh, oh! Is no, it street, no. oh, street yeah, yeah, legal? Is street legal now to do that? It is, but it but it has to have it has to have you touch it every thirty seconds. Oh, okay. So you can't just be hands off. You can't fall asleep. No, okay. no. You could before they made the update. So, okay. so it's like cruise control kind of. But in the city, if you put the GPS on, let's say I want to go to Target, and from home to Target is five miles, the car will go in this direction. It will stop at stop signs. In order to go, you do have to push the gas, and then it will go again on its own. It'll make the right on its own. It switches lane on its own. Yeah, and the car is actually a better driver than me. Like <laughs> I am a Philly driver, so I'm like, oh, that's my exit. The car, yo, the car put me back in the lane. It like, and I missed my exit because I didn't tell the car we were getting over with the turn signal. Now I was pissed. But I was happy because that's how you avoid collisions. Yeah, that so could have been an accident. Yeah, sure. I, I feel like I was good though. You know, the car should know. <laughs> that's crazy. You do. Have you, have you driven a Tesla yet? Nah. Nah. Yeah. So all you got to do is you go put it online, put your $100 down, and depending on your dealership, they'll let you hold it for the weekend. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, for they, the weekend. They, they're putting one out here, like right in our neighborhood. They just yeah, put the you dealership. just go for it. You get your car for the weekend. I'm telling you, you're never going to go back to like a regular car because... You know, you when you park up, you can just watch your Netflix, and the screen is crazy. You they're gonna integrate Zoom in it really soon, so you can take your calls. The car is so quiet that I can do business calls from the car because it don't sound like you're in a car. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, my dog really enjoys it. It's heated seats in the back as well. Like it just is really a fun. That's the S type. No, I have a three. So I okay. have a three long range. Okay. The three is super sporty. It attracts men like no other. I wasn't. That wasn't the purpose <laughs> of it. Like when I first got the car, men, like grown men, was pulling up to the car. Like I thought the boy head was gonna come in the window. The boy head. He was like, he's like, you like that car? 
I was like, I do, I do. Now, I am licensed, so I don't know what's about to Wait, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay? This is Philly. This is Philly. And I said, just back up a bit, COVID. Please, please. You know, still Respect, COVID. Respectfully. And respectfully. he said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, I'm just so excited. He said, I wish I knew you so much. Man, man, let me take you out to dinner. And I'm like, I'm like, did you just ask to know me? This? I oh, wish I knew the, you. The speed on it, I am like a little boy on the inside. And I like to race people on Broad Street, especially because of COVID, it's not a lot of traffic. Broad yeah. Street bully. Yeah. So long story short, this guy had a, what's the fast one? Is it Mustang Camaro? Which one's the faster one? Uh, Camaro? Depends. Huh? Depends. Let's say Camaro. Let's say Camaro, okay. right? So he had a Camaro. This is like the height of COVID. It's nobody outside. And I really just wanted to air this car. I, I just wanted to drive it. Yeah. I was bored. So I seen him and I'm like, he's going to be my little victim. So I had to act all cute like. So I went slow. And then it has um, a 60-second acceleration without the upgrade 2.9 with the upgrade 2.7. And 60 seconds. And I was off like four lights. It felt like a roller coaster. <laughs> Yo, when I tell you he ran lights just to catch up. And this, now, again, we're in Philly, so we don't know how this could go. Luckily, I'm cute. Because he was like, if you wasn't cute, y'all I swear on everything. What's your number, y'all? And I'm like, no, no, I just went to race you. It was fun. But anyway, I digress. It's nothing to do with anything we talked about. Although I just, oh, but let me do it. Let me bring it back financial for you guys. Okay. I was an early investor of Tesla oh. because on my manifestation board for over five years. How early? Um, Five years ago, I had oh. to start buying Tesla stock. So you good. Yeah. yeah. Good. You held it? Good numbers. Yeah. Still got it. Yeah. Even because better. my thing is, I always wanted to um, own Tesla before I owned the Tesla. Mm. And so when I brought my Tesla this year, I felt really good about it because I was already involved. I already knew what updates was coming. You were already owning the company. The, yeah, yeah, I wanted you this was the in best time to buy the Tesla, in my opinion, coming out of the pandemic. Because why? They're not selling them. I got mine right when the dealership opened back up. And they were so happy to see me because, hey, they haven't been selling any cars. Um, and not to be funny, the Tesla buying experience, that's how you know things can be better, was 10 minutes, y'all. Mm. Go online, do your app, credit pool, my credit straight, boom. Um, hi, Ms. Lewis, congratulations. You want to come tomorrow morning and pick up the car? Um, a matter of fact, uh, just go ahead and accept your terms. No paperwork is needed here at the dealership. We just ask for your ID. Um, we'll do a virtual walkthrough when you get here. All right, see you soon. So I get there. Oh, yeah, he was with me. My friend was with me, right? And me, my mom, and him. We pull up. We don't know what's happening. They're on the inside of the glass. The car is parked out, shiny, clean, ready to go, charged up. They're like, okay, what you going to do because of COVID? They were virtually walking me through. And then you just pull off. I still feel like I stole the car. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like have a, there's no car. It would have been crazy if they just asked you for your address and like, yeah, we're going to send it to you in the morning. Well, they could drop it off if you ask. That's that's that'd have been crazy. I wanted to go to the dealership to take a picture. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. You gotta get a, you gotta get a deal. You're a spokesman. That was a, that was a hell of <laughs> that a was pitch. A whole that was a hell of a pitch for Tesla. Tesla for sure. So let's talk about let's end it with your ebook. Yes. Uh, talk about the ebook if you if you may. Yeah. So um, it's about fifty pages long. It's a day by day journey. So it's a thirty one day guide to tackling your student loans or slaying your student loans is a term. So day one, day two, and I wrote the book from the perspective of someone who never ever looked at their student loans. The meat is in the middle when it talks about home buying. I put a lot of loan forgiveness programs in there, state loan forgiveness programs in there. Um, I put in information there about, you know, I, I include something about getting additional streams of income just because I wanted people to think about how they can also start to pay down their student loan debt. But what I do with the ebook that's really different than I feel like a lot of ebooks is I commit to doing um, bi weekly free calls. So if you buy the ebook and the confirmation email, 
to click here for additional classes and resources. I just keep doing free calls on different topics, anything that's related to student loan debt, because I want people to be tapped in and tuned in. Um, and for real, for real, it's like, I'll make a deal with you. This ebook is what, $29.99? You can continually get free game in a Zoom environment. Um, we could take up to a thousand people in the Zoom. If I need to expand it, I would, but we didn't hit over a thousand. And I just keep doing the classes and you can see people really having like eye-opening moments. Eight people so far in counting have gotten their loans 100% forgiven through the uh, TPD program, the Total Permanent Disability Program. Mm -hmm. Some people have had disabilities that are physical, like you can see, that's preventing them from working. Some disabilities like lupus, we didn't even probably think about, right? I have lupus, but lupus doesn't have me. So I'm in what's called remission, so I don't take medicine at XYZ. But there are some people that are really struggling with lupus right now, right? So that would be a cause to get your loans forgiven. Mm. So the clause is, if it's anything that's impacting you from have continuous and steady work. Yeah. And we're going to put the link in our bio of this. Yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube and if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, we put the link. We'll also put the link on our website under the alumni tab. So yeah, $29. If you have student loans, you obviously definitely should get it. And um, if you have a child or mm -hmm. if you have, you know, a niece or nephew, or anybody that's going into college, um, you should educate yourself beforehand. Mm -hmm. You got to be prepared beforehand. Too many times in our culture, we, we prepare ourselves after something yes. has happened. We're reactionary instead of being proactive. So you got to be proactive. You got to be prepare yourself beforehand. So uh, once again, thank you. Yeah. Thank you yes, for joining us. Fine. Thank you guys. Yeah, nah, it's a pleasure. It's yeah. a pleasure. Real quick, and you spoke about the loan forgiveness. I just want to add for all teachers, um, just another little, little tidbit, like our hack. Um, and so we said that if you apply for it and you work in a Title I school, mm -hmm. um, and I'm only speaking this because this actually happened to me, um, they usually give you seventeen five or 5000 depending on what you're right. teaching. The seventeen five will go to mathematics and science. However, I argued with my principal that I was teaching health at the time. Health is a science. Mm -hmm. And so I was able, as a phys ed teacher and a health teacher, to get seventeen five off. So that's another, another little advocated high. for yourself. That's right. That's right. So we got to seventeen five. So that's good to know so like sometimes people don't want to work in environments where they're title one schools which makes no sense because any environment could be well, a like title one school all title one. yeah they're all title one right. schools you work there five yeah. years eighteen thousand dollars off your student loan and it could be five years across the board across the board yeah yeah all right yeah you have it um and then how did you enjoy teaching at eyl university oh your classes uh your, your students are dope I, I had said EYL on uh, live last night. I said, all right, I have to go now. And they're like, oh, I'm a member. I'm a member. <laughs> and so I think that's so dope because I like that people are investing themselves. Don't you think this is like the best time to be a young black person getting educated? That's why I said if it don't end the, the poverty mindset or the check to check mindset, if it don't end with this generation, then I don't know which generation it would end with. It has to be us because you have an EYL. You, you have your... I think it's like, I don't, and tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like the influencers, particularly in this space, in my opinion, have a little more clout than some celebrities. Yeah, days. a lot, a lot mm -hmm. of celebrities. Right? Mm -hmm. A lot of financial literacy is the new rap. Yeah, <laughs> not to be funny, when you look up how much your favorite celebrity makes in a month, okay. you yeah. probably make more. No, I definitely make more. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you're my favorite. Like, no, I'm just no, no, no. I mean, I just I like I see you at an event or something. Like, and that's the other thing. We don't we don't want to um idolize. I had learned that God gave me a really hard lesson. I know we wrap it up, but there was somebody, I can't say his name, who I really admire. Um, A1 in the in the financial industry, I'll tell you all offline. Right. And I had paid this five thousand dollar ticket to be in his VIP and 
and I was um, in Money Magazine right behind his cover. And I was excited to tell him I knew his whole team and he was so rude. Mm. And that's, and God told me a hard lesson. I mean, I, like, I cried. I'm not even going to be funny. Because I really idolized him, right? But God said, don't idolize me and idolize me, right? So when I when I did that happen to me, I'm like, I'm going to talk next to him one day with CNN. The hell? Like, so I can't even, I don't even have, I'm not like really fans of anybody anymore because we're all just one connection away from somebody that we are idolized. I can respect their craft, but I can't be like, oh, that's so-and-so. You know, my joke is, I, you know, I'll be having lunch with Oprah soon. You know? So... So that's, that's how I yeah. started. No, that's a fact. We that's got that saying. We got that saying about Jay-Z. Oh, we, yeah. we, we're going to keep saying his name until he sits next to us. He did it soon. Yeah, soon. So. Yeah, y'all, yeah. Yo, definitely. We're, yeah. On the, we're, yeah. on the, we're on the trajectory. <laughs> we're on the trajectory. I like our chances. But, you know, I thank you for doing that class. That was dope. And like I said, just to get the question and answers part of it. And, you know, it's a whole experience. So thank you for joining us. And thank you for doing EY University. I'm sure we'll be doing a bunch of other stuff in the future. Yeah. Um, so Troy, housekeeping items? Yeah, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com, our Proud to Pay program. Y'all know that tier five members, y'all get access to that beautiful university that we were just speaking of, mm -hmm. EYL University. Um, is the number one, number one business school and entrepreneurial school in the entire world. So we shout out to all our earners that have been a part of that. And uh, shout out to everybody that's supporting the merch, the EYL merch. It's moving, man. Shout out to everybody that has gotten uh, our varsity jacket or the assets over liabilities or the, the scullies. We greatly appreciate it. Um, make sure y'all take pictures in it, tag us in it so we can post y'all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So thank you guys for rocking with us. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, um, leave a comment, review, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.